Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Welcome to another episode of Soundtracking with me, Edith Bowman. Um, thank you so much for choosing to join us again for another episode of our weekly dive into the wonderful creative mind, or in this instance, minds of those people involved in celebrating and just rejoicing in that beautiful relationship between film and music. And I'm really thrilled about having, (laughs) I don't know, these two together because it's, well, they spend a lot of time together because they're family, but in terms of working together, they don't do that much together. Our latest guests on soundtracking are not only composers, but their brothers, who between them have built up an extraordinary body of work for both film and television. Indeed, it's on the small screen that Harry and Rupert Gregson Williams have joined forces for only the second time on Julian Fellow's New York high society drama, The Gilded Age. We'll talk about that and several of the other projects they've been involved with, including Catch-22 with George Clooney. But first, a word from our good friends at Skillshare. Now, you know that with every episode and every interview I do for this show, I love how much I learn. I'm so keen to fuel my knowledge with the extraordinary insights from the brilliant guests that we have on the show. Well, Skillshare is the world's largest online learning community for creativity. It offers you the inspiration and opportunity to learn new skills, find new ways of putting your talents to use and empowering you to reach your full potential. Now, I've been taking full advantage of several of the classes, be that looking at how to best utilise social media or trying to improve my script writing skills, as well as something more personal like the powers and importance of things like meditation. There really is an impressive array of opportunities to explore at all levels. The incredible range of classes on offer are a really good way to tap into something that you might already be interested in or find that new side to yourself. There's a real sense of community also with the classes, which is a great level of interaction with fellow members and teachers. The commitment is totally in your hands with monthly, annual or an unlimited plan all on offer. Now, as part of our wonderful soundtracking family, how would you like to start your journey with a one month free trial? Explore your creativity at Skillshare.com forward slash sound and get a month free trial. That's one month free at Skillshare.com forward slash sound. And so to Harry and Rupert. And as is customary, we'll begin with a cue from their latest collaboration, The Gilded Age. This is I'm Going Home.
thank you so much for doing this. This is lovely. Listen, I don't know where to start with you both, to be honest, but I guess it'd be, I guess the question is, you know, you've worked together, not that much. What makes the decision or what encourages you to work on a project together as opposed to, you know, doing your own individual wonderful things? Shall I take that one, Ru? <laughs> you I take like it. it. Yeah, <laughs> I'll, take, I'll take the battle here. <laughs> I like this one because it's, no, well, as, you, as you've alluded to, Rupert and I did the George Clooney um, miniseries called Catch-22 a few years ago. Now, Love I can't that. remember how we got to do that, but we did. We were signed up for that and we had a really good time. I mean, there's nothing not to like about George Clooney. There were kind of two bits of score for that. There was kind of a more contemporary feel to it. And there was, there was plenty of kind of Glenn Millery kind of influenced <laughs> music. And that's not my strong suit. I had to look to my baby <laughs> brother for that. <laughs> I'd have been a bit marooned had I been alone <laughs> on that one. A little maroon, uh, so to speak. Um, but uh, so, so anyhow, we knew we, we, we didn't kill each other doing that. We had a good time, to be honest. Um, and then when this came around in a funny old way, we don't have the same agent. And my agent called me and said, look, you've been long listed. And then about a week later, you've been shortlisted for this thing. And, you, you know, it's Julian Fellows. You, you really want to consider it. So I said, well, how long's the shortlist? And he said, well, there's only two other composers on it. <laughs> One of them's your bloody brother. <laughs> so I said, oh, oh dear. Who's the Awkward. third Awkward. Um, yeah, no, it was, it was potentially going to be. So it turned out the third person, who's a very good, very uh, well-known and, and very good TV composer, was probably a bit more qualified to do it than either Rune or me. But I called Rune and said, look, why don't we just outmaneuver this bloke and do it together? And, uh, you know, they get two for the price of one. <laughs> so that's how that came about. Oh, Do you have, do, would you say then that you both have your kind of... You bring different things to the table, almost in a way, in terms of you have you you have different strengths. Yeah, for sure. And with Catch Twenty Two, it was definitely well. We we both handled orchestral business, but I I, mm-hmm. I, I as Harry alludes to, he probably he did the hip hop beats, and I did the tenor saxophone from nineteen forty. <laughs> is what he was trying to say, but um, it wasn't it wasn't quite like that. But um, no, yeah, Rupert's but now always had a little slant towards the. Uh... To the towards that that stuff, and in all seriousness, you have, haven't you? You know. Yeah, no, around. I well, I've always liked I've always liked playing the wrong note and playing it confidently, which I guess <laughs> is is jazz, isn't it? <laughs> it's a great way that. to describe it.
yeah no we we both we both jumped to the chance to be honest and serious for a moment we did you know it being written by julian and his mm. track record um i've always loved that film gosforth park and uh, i can't remember who did the score for that but it was someone rather good rue and it, it paddy uh, Paddy Doyle, maybe might have been some, someone like that. Someone rather good, who definitely knows the way around. Yeah. <laughs> I remember liking the score for that, and um, yeah. So, so, so on this one, when we were when we were uh, brought on together, it being during lockdown, it actually didn't make much difference to us because Oops yeah. is in the UK and I'm here in LA, and we would have had to have done what we'd have had to have done anyhow, which is to is to share ideas over the internet. And actually, the filmmakers are in New York anyhow, so even if both Rue and I had been here in LA, we, we, you know, we had the same thing happen. It's an so, interesting uh, thing, though, isn't it? Uh, when we, we let each other into each other's worlds, because we're, we're very much, you know, the bosses of our world. We have right. a, a system that we've sort of got going over quite a few years, and uh, now suddenly you sort of crash into somebody else's <laughs> space. It's a good, good and, expression. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and it could be a disaster, I guess, but now actually... With the practice on Catch Twenty Two, uh, that it made it made this yeah. fun, and and we, you know, I'm sure we we did bring different. Uh, Harry's a lyrical writer, and on this one, probably I was more rhythmic, and he was more lyrical. Maybe the next next time, I'll be more lyrical, and he'll be more rhythmic. I don't know, but, but I don't know. We bring different. Well, we, we yeah. did share the load, which was fun. And I mean, we, 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 how we set out was was Michael Engler was was our sort of point person, and he he was a showrunner, and he he. He, I think he probably directed four or five of the episodes, so he was very involved. Mm. And from the start, he, he, he didn't, you know, although it was, was Julian, he didn't really, he wanted uh, something, they were looking for something a little different to the, um, oh, bloody hell, what's that series called? Downton Abbey. That little series, yeah. So he, he thought that, you know, they were wondering, was there something we could do that wasn't just your old string quartet and a harp? And um, what could be appropriate? And, um, and also felt that that, that succeeded in its own way, musically and uh, and and filmically, um, and the storytelling and all that. Obviously, the writing's really brilliant with Julian, but they wanted something a bit more punchy for this mm. and something quite dynamic. So whereas it's it is sort of an upstairs downstairs story, this you know there are there are servants so called and um, butlers and whatnot who have their own storylines, and then of course the people upstairs. But but the the main the main dynamic was actually the the new money and the old money. So yeah. it's two powerful families, uh, but they're powerful in different ways. And how could we express that?
I love how there's kind of there there is a real kind of almost contemporaneous to the whole show. I think even though it's a period piece, you know, you look at some of the costume designs and things like that, and they've got a real kind of almost a Vivian Westwood kind of yeah. twist to them in some places yeah, and yeah. things. And yeah. I think that that kind of feels the same in in the music at, at times as well. Obviously, it's it's a period, and you have that kind of diegetic music as well within there as well, don't you? Where there's kind of whether when they're at dances and balls and there's music going yeah. on and things like that but it, it still it has a really edge to it which i i really love and i i guess that part of that is because it's set or where it's set and it's really a positive and a, a new time where everybody's uh, looking to the future and they're industrialists taking the world over and it's not like doing the crown was was a world of sort of disappearing talent and <laughs> It was it was uh, it was dissolving into nothing. This is actually looking to the future and what can we do that's great and there's no ends and bounds and so it's lots of energy to the music for that reason probably. From a musical point of view, we were able to to sort of mix the new and the old. You know, we obviously we weren't going to have anything that stuck out like a sore thumb, but we were able to create a sound palette that wasn't limited to to um, a conventional orchestra. But having said that, you know, I got hats off to HBO because we, you know, there's a lot of music. It was a good job though, two two pairs of hands on this because um, <laughs> you know, there, were, there were what ten episodes, nine or ten episodes, and um, each of them was an hour. And you know, when, when it's HBO, it, that, that is an hour of TV. It's not 45 minutes with 50 minutes of ads. It is an hour of TV. So quite often there would be 45 minutes of score and that's multiplied by 10. And, and, the, wow. and the pace with which the, the episodes would come to us, we'd have to look at them. We'd then discuss the music, what was expected there, go away and write it. But we'd probably already be recording the previous episode. Mm-hmm. Perhaps we'd be mixing the one that was before that. Um, and delivering that. So there was a, there was a, a big turnover. It was quite a lot of pace to, to the old proceedings. that kind of I guess the opportunity that that a series kind of gives you I mean you've both kind of had that experience and and, and different genres of things as well like Rupert with something like Veep you know in terms of going over a, a huge sort of um, I mean a lot of episodes but but do you like that kind of opportunity for 
you know, there almost not been an end point really in terms of whilst you're no, writing the music. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Infinity it, soundtrack. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it takes, it takes a lot out of you actually. There's a lot of energy and there's a lot of, there's a, there's a, once you get onto that wheel of, of deliveries, you're, you, you really got to have all your ducks in a row. So luckily we had a couple of months or at least a month probably of creative fun and games. We, we got all the business out of the way and then you get onto the, to the hamster wheel of, of delivery. And so if you, you know, coming back to it every year, then you have to find a different way of creatively giving it a bit of spice to something new. Otherwise you, you'll just be returning to, to that, to, to, to a hamster wheel, which you don't, you don't really want to do. Yeah. No, but you, uh, you're right. It. We had, we did, we had a, a, a month or, or two initially to express ourselves and to try things and to share music with, um, particularly with Michael Engler and producer Gareth Neem, mm. who was kind of a conduit to Julian, away from the picture. So that was really helpful. And that's what we created the main theme away from the picture, a, a lot of the thematic material. Although it was, <laughs> they were a bit mean in sharing episodes. I think we'd only seen like three or four episodes. Oh, wow. Yeah. And we were wondering whether there are there more characters to come or what's going to happen with this story arc. But then, yes, as you say, the floodgates opened and it, it gave us a, a rough cut of all the episodes and we knew what we were dealing with. But having got our, uh, got our thematic material uh, together and shared it with them, had some comments and feedback back and forth a little bit, and then we, we, we kind of felt we knew where the music needed to be. And then it was, as Rupert said, it's more of the sort of functional going about trying to score scenes and mm. uh, unless we you know make some grave mistake by you know that that's more 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 a, a less creative part of the the task i think that the main thing for us was to find the language initially away from the picture mm. and then we could set about scoring each of the episodes when there's um when when there's a kind of uh there's a landscape for the music is it does it is it easier when it's that kind of not when it's a not necessarily a just a period piece but when there's if there's a landscape musically or or is it kind of nice that you get the opportunity to kind of fight against that in some ways or 
How does it, yeah, you know, the, the Rubes has done more, more episodic TV than I, and um, he's probably more used to that, 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 the sort of journey from the beginning of episode one to the end of episode 10 or whatever yeah. it is. Uh, and obviously Rube does films as well. And he'll know as well as I do that, you know, with a film, there may be several storylines and arcs that one's kind of tracking, but there's just one film in front of you. Uh, so it's kind of easier to, to keep track of where that is. Yeah, um, when new episodes are popping up unexpectedly, and <laughs> actually with, with Julian and Julian's scripts, there you find yourself the pace and the rhythm of your writing. You you notice the way he writes uh, much mm -hmm. more so than than uh, than a lot of screenwriters. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a lot of timing. You know, you you can feel when he's going to set up a the, a comment that's going to take you on to the next. Right. Um, and you have to be. It's quite interesting as a composer. You have to not score that every time if you do that yeah. you find you're you're bouncing between uh, uh scenes so you have to let <laughs> let them do the speaking and, and the music yeah. doesn't and then luckily there's moments where the music can speak but uh yeah julian's a very um he's, he's a very rhythmic and momentum is his thing yeah he pushes yeah. you on you know was your house and childhood very musical then in the fact that you as brothers you both ended up you know being composers what? Yeah. We used to get wheeled out at Christmas. Uh, and like, my dad would come and wake us up. Well, Harry was probably already so much older than me. But, but uh, we'd, we'd get wheeled out and, oh, uh, yeah, he can play. Well, listen, here's the quartet and we'd be in our pajamas and we'd do it and then sent off to bed again. That's kind of my memory yeah. of it. You might have yeah, a more was, pleasant one. Well, there was, yeah, there, was, there was plenty of that. But we, we, we you know, there's plenty of that. But we, you know, our sister plays music too and and uh so there was always there was always music going on in the house mm. and and as Rup said our, our dad was very keen indeed and he was an artistic dress director of, of music festivals up and down the country so any cathedral city mm. that had uh, that would have him it seemed like york um uh salisbury chichester exeter now all over the shop really he, he was uh bringing in musicians from from all over the world actually mm. I mean, I remember waking up once thinking, blimey, dad's piano playing's improved. In fact, yeah. only, only to find out that it was Vladimir Ashkenazi hammering out something at breakfast. Yeah. Yeah, practicing on the. Yeah. 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 I thought, no, that's not the old man. He's really got stuck in bar four. But um, yeah, so there was plenty of music. And uh, mm. our mum, who's still with us, God bless her, she was very much an artist and very interested in music. So yeah, we were surrounded by music. Lovely. There is something know, magical about cathedrals. My um, my oldest goes to uh, Kings and Gloucester, and so Gloucester Cathedral oh. is part of oh, his yeah. um, uh, the school's campus, and he's in the chapel choir. And oh my god, it was so moving going to the first concert and even the rehearsal and just being in that space and yeah. hearing it. And I've been in churches and things before, but I don't know. There's something about that space and uh and, and i remember the conversation we had on the way home kind of thing and it was so lovely hearing him talk about how physical experience it had felt for him how he how emotional he felt hearing them sing in this church and how it felt to sing in this church and oh it was lovely i think it is that something about the hallowed space um you know whether you're a believer or not it, it, uh, you know to to be singing in the in this natural acoustic mm. uh, and the, with the natural beauty that a cathedral that's perhaps built 400 years before yeah there's there's something about that atmosphere and so it's i think it's something from a compositional point of view whenever the opportunity arises for me i'm i'm kind of chasing that yeah that uh, the feeling that a lot of that gave gave yeah harry and i were both choristers and it's uh it's definitely a 
affects the way I feel harmony and uh, and just the, the way to deliver music is definitely from a choral perspective a lot of the time mm. for me. Rupert, I really enjoyed um, the uh, Behind Her Eyes. I thought the the score for that was was really wonderful. So it was such a kind of bonkers show, but brilliant. Bonkers, but brilliant. But I just loved, I loved the the, the journey of the score on that. I thought it was great. Uh, thank you. Yeah, it was completely crazy, wasn't it? And, <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> let's face it. I mean, that as a compliment. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, if I no. told you that, that someone someone keeps, to, as a friend of mine, keeps saying to me, oh, you did that, such a great show. And I'm like, are you sure it was me? Uh, and it <laughs> yeah. turns out it was you. It's I get that. Is it The Prince? Yeah. Is it so cool? Uh, no, don't. No, thank you. I haven't seen that it. But that, uh, I keep being no, complimented. That, that got cancelled. Oh, but um, no, I get I get that too. You know, <laughs> you my, my favourite melody ever, ever, ever. I've actually had your royalties yeah, before. Yeah, no, yeah. People like that. your stuff. <laughs> That's good to know. <laughs> and since we last spoke, actually, Hardy, um, House of Gucci. Oh my God, that right. was so That's a bit mad as well, isn't it? so mad, but so entertaining. Right. Yeah, I, I thought I thought so. I, I was, you know, I was naturally a bit disappointed. You know, when push came to shove, my my <laughs> contribution to it was 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 I, I've never never had so little music in in a movie, and and I don't say that uh, on this occasion. It wasn't mm. because I failed so badly. It's because there, there was no space. Did for you it. start off no with lots? Or no, 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 mate. That 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 was a thing. You what you mean? Yeah, it went from eighty minute score down to eight minutes. <laughs> no, it's not one of those. It isn't. That's I'm saying. It, that, it doesn't fill me with shame. It just fills me with slight regret that I can't. You know, like. Edith saying she she enjoyed it. It's a mad blast, mm, and it is so good. I, I uh, yeah, I'm happy to have been associated with it, but really, um, Ridley was really didn't need that much music from me, and, I, and I'm not used to that feeling. Definitely not from a Scott brother. <laughs> I mean, really, <laughs> yeah. the, the scores are from 70 minutes of music up to to in excess of 100 minutes in Kingdom of Heaven or or, or, or The Martian. So so to be asked, really, you know, I think I probably probably wrote six or seven pieces score cues and in three or four of those spots it was to try and replace a song i wasn't mm. asked to but i felt like i wanted to try and it will you know i did you can't really argue with a debbie harry song or a debbie <laughs> it's Bowie. hard but it's yeah. all right mate we'll go with the david bowie but thanks <laughs> we'll, we'll keep your two or three little bits here that's how, that, that's how that was <laughs> conscious effort or or kind of decision when you're making decisions on what the next project is going to be of I don't know do you seek things out because it's really interesting when you look at the kind of 
you know, the, the, the variety that you both work on as well. And Harry, you've got a couple of documentaries as well that are just, they're, they're really, really lovely, beautiful things. And, and score has become such an important part of documentaries, I think, much more so in the last maybe 10 years, I think, than ever before. And particularly with nature and things around animals and things like that, I think with the, you know, things like Blue Planet and Green Planet and all those kind of yeah. things, they've mm-hmm. kind of really highlighted how important the music can be in these shows to really tell the narrative, really, I think, as well. But what what kind of informs the you know the the decisions or the journey that you want to go on as a composer? Well, that I mean, certainly as to... concerns the 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 nature docs that I've done. Really, that was kind of uh, the, the head of music at time at the time. I think seven years ago or something at Disney, uh, Mitchell Leap, he's since since retired. But mm. um, he said to me, I'd done so many Disney movies. He said to me, look, Harry, why don't you do something? Why don't you do one of our nature movies? Um, because I feel that you'd be really good at it. Um, and I did this one called Monkey Kingdom, and I loved it. And the director of that or the producer of that went on to produce penguin so i did that one and and the director of penguin then went on to direct uh, the next one the polar bear they just keep asking me and that you know they're they're lovely opportunities but they're less documentaries than if you think about it than i mean they are documentaries i suppose that um they're like non-animated disney films yeah but uh, (laughs) uh yeah so i think the appeal from 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 a compositional point of view is that once once you know you've got the narrator the pictures and the music there's no yeah. you know there's no battle with gunfire or, or, that's, or mad you, dialogue that's interesting do you think because Catherine Keener obviously does a voice for polar bear yeah. is uh, yeah. is that does that inform the music for you it, yeah. you know well um, very much actually they to be honest with you the way the way that it happens is that they have the film editor or, or even an actress uh, a, a scratch voiceover mm-hmm. and they only when the film's very nearly done so i pretty much composed the score by then only when it's very, very nearly done, do they get, you know, they, they're going higher in this instance. It was Catherine Keener. Yeah, so that's... she's already saying the words that I know are going to be said. Yeah. She'll say them at a slightly different pace, which sometimes can trip me up. So I'm, whereas hmm. there might be a big downbeat after, I think it's going to land after a, a sentence. That's, that's interesting though, isn't it? The timbre of, I mean, if you were to, if, if they were to hire Morgan Freeman, for instance, to come along and he has that beautiful timbre to his voice that would probably Ooh. affect your yes. score. Yeah. You know, if you knew he was yeah. if he if you had if you had his dialogue. Well Roots, like with anything, within this there's adjustments needs to be made at the very you know, down the back straight. Yeah. Just like we just like we, we, mm. we do in a slightly well, the, different the variation of the score is the is the is the spice of life for for me anyway, is 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 going from an animation to a TV a dark yeah. TV show like Behind Her Eyes you mentioned and then to a superhero movie or something and then doing a, a <laughs> doing the jazz part of a of a um of a TV show when Harry's doing what was what was the else. jazz part of a TV is that um, what you told me you were doing it with a broken upright bass and a and a no, no. Well, I was referring to Catch Twenty Two, but yeah, I'm oh. doing a score at the moment, which is just bass and percussion, really. What, what is that? Which one? is fun. I mean, it's and it's. Um, I got a list called this. Brothers. Yeah. Oh, it is. Oh, oh, it's, yeah, it is called. <laughs> you Brothers. didn't ask me. <laughs> Surely that would have been obvious for your third thing to do together. <laughs> uh, they, they did ask me to ask you. I forgot. Um, <laughs> have you done Aquaman already? No, no, that's uh, October scoring. Well, that's in uh, progress, yeah. right? You're in it. Yeah, I've, I'm really in it. I'm, I'm loving it, actually. It. Yeah, it's got a good baddie, and I like a good baddie. <laughs> yeah. and, well, has, uh, who's, who's that? And you can, oh, are you allowed to Oh, say? can't tell you. Can't tell oh, you. Okay. And, oh, um, but it's a good one. And the, <laughs> the uh, 
it's lovely getting the synths out as well. So I've, I've really been enjoying doing that. And it's, it's just, it's great. What informs uh, those decisions? Like, I'm going to do synth or I'm going to go with the double bass or what, where, at what point are you kind of thinking about the instrumentation? Is it character? Uh, is it narrative? Is it, I don't know where, where and when? I mean, with, with, with the, with a double bass, it's literally just the characters as a lumbering character who wants to do a heist. And I just felt the double bass, he's quite a big chap. And I just thought that that suited him. <laughs> and a heist is, you know, obviously double bass suits it. And plus I'm really shit at the double bass, which is good because <laughs> he's lumbering. So it's sort of, it's a, quite, a nice, nice mixture. And then with that cool man, it's an underwater, it's sort of the Jean-Michel Jarnas of it all. You know all the bubbles and and squeals and stuff. It just it suits it down to the ground. I've got I've got a, something I can relate to with the double bass. That the, on the original Shrek that John Powell and I did, so we eventually came up with a Shrek theme between us. Um, and actually, that was the main theme. That well, it didn't turn out to be the main theme, but the the one theme that John and I actually co-wrote together. I think I wrote be da dee da dum, and he wrote be da da dum. <laughs> he oh. wrote the answer. In his it was very cute, and we carried on like that. So anyhow, I said to him, "Look, listen, before Katzenberg comes for for the meeting, I, I, I've got my friend Martin Tillman, my best buddy. He'll come. He plays cello. Come in and um, you know, do da da da. At least we have something live." And John's like, "Why are you asking him to bring a double bass?" And I said, well, "He doesn't bloody play a double bass. He doesn't know." <laughs> He said, ask him to bring a double bass. So I called Martin. I said, look, Martin, can you play the double bass? He said, I've never tried. I'm sure I won't be able to. I mean, I probably could do something. So he came in and he played it all lumpy and kind of wrong. And it was perfect for Shrek. Amazing. That you've said, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thank my, you, yeah. my kids, um, I mean, I love the Shrek films. It's obviously because the, you know, the, the, the Scottish nature of Shrek. Uh, any any time we see our our our, our heritage celebrated in, in any form, it's like yes, that's mine. Yeah. Um, but um, and it, what's so lovely is that my kids have levitated towards it, and they still love watching those films, mm-hmm. kind of and and reciting them, and you know, <laughs> in the morning I'm making waffles and all that kind of stuff. Oh. Brilliant! It's just like. <laughs> It's I'm so lovely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, donkey, look at his wee boots, you know, for when, <laughs> when the boots turns yeah. up and stuff. They're really timeless films. They're really lovely to watch over and over and over again. And you've both had that opportunity to work on films yeah. like that, that are, mm-hmm. they kind of almost regenerate in a way, I think. That's a lovely well, thing to be part of. Yeah. My kids actually like one of your animations better than most of mine, Ruth. <laughs> uh, what's, what's the first one that you did? Over the hedge, over the hedge. Uh, I think. Well, that's the yeah. guy. They love that film. Mm. Oh, no, no. And my older children like the B movie a lot. Yeah. Yes. I don't know whether it's just because of Bumbles or the score. <laughs> or, oh, but, but they do. Jessie loves, she loves a bit of B movie.
enjoyed working together? Has it been a nice yeah. experience? Yeah. yeah. Why yeah, has it I mean, taken so long? Well, <laughs> well, bear in mind that the, the Gilded Ages, the Gilded Ages, been a really was a really pleasant experience. You know, we we had our shaky moment, which happened at the beginning, which would happen if we were you know working separately anyhow. Yeah. You know, which is always that not quite knowing where you're going with it, but as soon as mm. we, we 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 knew this kind of language of the thing. It was, as I say, it was a it was a benefit. It was a huge benefit to have another, you know, somebody else. I mean, in my in my case, I'd go to bed and I knew there was an elf working away in the UK, <laughs> you know, <laughs> so that the work never stopped. And I assume that's how Rupert felt because we were. It's kind of funny that it is like a relay. Yeah. Wow. You have moments. Oh. You have surges. Yes, of, and hand of creativity and, midnight. and hopefully those they link. Yeah. How was the experience for you, Rupert? I loved it. I loved it. It was good. Um, it it could have been um, terrible, you know, oh. because working with it, the hair could have been better. No, but it, it could have been, been awful. Been, I mean, I, been, you were just looking for the could have been, could have been a disaster. I, I was thinking, oh. no, well, it could have been it could have been less fun because we could have we found we found the the language pretty quickly. Yeah. I mean, Harry says we yeah. stumbled. We you stumbled for probably a day or two. It was all and with catch as well. But maybe it's because we're a good, we, we make a good team. But on catch, we kind of got it first time. George was yeah. really happy and we were, just had a great time. So it kind of works. It works well mm. uh, because we have a, you know, um, and we have a bit of honesty with each other, which, which is a good thing. do more as a filmmaker george i just think that he's got such a oh, great yeah. i don't know i just think he's a great storyteller he is um, but let's yeah. face it he's got his composer monsieur, <laughs> Dis- monsieur <Dis-Tlet laughs> not giving that up <laughs> right yeah i think we wheedled in there just because it was a, he, he, must <laughs> have been busy. he had to have been busy he had to, <laughs> what, what else has, uh, what else has george on. ever used has he um, ever made anything without the splat? I don't know. I don't know. I think it's splat. We're grateful for it. Was, it, was a great, it was a great thing. I had to do a Q&A with um, a lot of the cast for Catch-22 and the producers and George at, I think it was at the View Westfield in uh-huh. London where they had a, a kind of special screening of it for press and stuff. It might be the longest... Q and A of like of number of people that I've ever had to wrangle. It was kind of it went on into the horizon. Was it all it was, the boys, who, all just the boys who are in the, so in the many people. Wow. It was unbelievable. But he was he's got such a good energy, and he's got such a great yeah. you know he's a re, he's a showman, and he's a he just knows how to work a work a room and work whether it's one person or whether it's you know a hundred people. He just I don't know. It's almost like he reads the energy in the room and knows exactly what's required he's definitely yeah. one of the good guys yeah we mm. were lucky to do that but we you know we felt really lucky to be doing the gilded age because you know that that uh you know it's obviously something julian put his heart into for probably quite a few years and imagined the concept and, and and getting it all done at hbo 
So we're really happy about that. And uh, hey, Ru, have you been asked to do the second series? Uh, <laughs> oh, God. I, well, I hear that. Yeah, this where the Wi-Fi suddenly breaks. <laughs> <laughs> they want to go in a different direction, a singular direction. That's <laughs> <laughs> nice. No, it's but like, it's funny. Yeah, it's funny. One I'm... of the cars just comes off. The <laughs> <laughs> I always find that it's a, you know, you have, you work with directors. Obviously, there's a trust thing when we have relationships with directors that we we work with multiple times but yeah but when you work with a director for the first time they hire you they've been on the film for two or three years it's a labor of love or it's a major thing for them and they hire you and they're kind of handing their baby to you i always find that that the trust i mean that's that's such a big thing for them because mm. yeah. we can yeah, yeah. we yep. can really make it <laughs> great or we can make it something less than but great. isn't that and always I, the case it, it, i was i mean it is the case but music especially i mean you can you can get rid of an editor quickly um not that you'd want to but you know a composer i don't know it mm. takes a little time to realize whether they're working for you or not <laughs> or maybe but, i don't you know, know. I, it's not it going is, to it's that, true but. what you say about that 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 um you know uh, uh, about being trusted with something i remember when I when Ridley sent me the script, Ridley Scott sent me the script for for The Martian, which it was way after he'd shot it. He was way into post production, so he knew what he had. Um, he just had written on it, read it, do it, don't f it up. <laughs> wow. Like, okay, I got a great film here. Just don't mess it up. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and, uh, okay, thanks for that vote of confidence, Ridley. Um, I'll try not to. Great film. Um, listen, we run out of time, but um, it's quite funny because when you, I was just going to ask you what you were, what what is coming next, and you're both kind of basically submerging yourself both again in water with uh, both right. with projects, right. which is which is good. I like that one. One of you's <laughs> kind of saving the earth, the other one's kind of you know sort of because slightly destructive, more of a destructive manner about it, the character, yeah. but. Um, I'm very excited to to watch the second incarnations of both those films. I don't know if I'm allowed to say what they both are, but we've yeah, already but mentioned yeah, Aquaman sure. and yes. and Harry Meg the, the Meg Two, which we know Ben Wheatley's directing, and I love that marriage of Ben Wheatley and Meg Two. That is, I'm 
booking a ticket as soon. And apparently, Edith's first, very first um, uh, our podcast was with Ben Weekly, the, the director of the Meg 2. I was just with. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. Very first yeah. guest on the show. Yeah. That's fine. Nice. We have a lot to thank him for. Yeah. <laughs> He's a wonderful man. As are you two. Um, this has been so nice. I hope you've had a nice time. Yeah, we have um, really. yeah lovely. And uh, I look forward to we'll chatting to you both individually for, for all these projects that are coming up. And there's so much there for people to kind of dive into if they haven't. I mean, Catch-22, if people haven't seen that, they really should, because I just thought it was a fantastic show um, for, for so many reasons as well. And, and also... It, Really moved by Polar Bear. I've got to say, Harry, I just thought it was... Oh, thank you. Uh, but yeah, really moving and thoroughly entertained by the Gilded Edge as well. I just love Julian's take on that kind of New York high society. It's it's um, yeah. it's really brilliant. And your score complements it brilliantly. Harry and Rupert, thank you so much for your time. Thank You're you. welcome. Thanks yeah, and take care. And um, I look forward to chatting to you again. Thank you Thanks. so much. From the score to George Clooney's Catch-22 that's back in the air. Rounding off this latest episode of Soundtracking with Harry and Rupert Gregson-Williams. If you haven't seen Catch-22 yet, go and seek it out. I thought it was wonderful. My huge thanks to Harry and Rupert for taking the time to talk to us. The Gilded Age is available on various platforms including Sky, Now TV and HBO Max. If you want to hear my previous chat with Harry or indeed my many conversations with the aforementioned Ben Wheatley, head to edithbowman.com where you'll also be able to drop us an email. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. We are at Soundtracking UK. And do keep telling your pals about us if you like what you hear. Next up, now you might have heard about this new film that is setting cinemas around the world. Um, Top Gun Maverick. How would you like to hear from legendary producer jerry brookheimer and director joseph kaczynski jerry and joe are my guests on soundtracking next week i very much look forward to the pleasure of your company then highway to the danger zone oh yeah we talk danger zone Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. 
Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. 